Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning we're going to start out in Jonah chapter 1. Maybe, if I find it. Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten up the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of the heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should, you, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew wilder than before. They cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. May the Lord add his blessing to the scripture as we continue to sing. Lord God, thank you that as our soul waits, you are there waiting for us. Thank you, Lord, that your word is always true, that it reminds us of the areas we need to work on, and most importantly, it reminds us that you continue to love on us even when we run, even when we're headed the wrong way. You're always there, open arms, waiting on us. And so, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that it would be powerful because you are a powerful and mighty God who loves us so. Lord, may your words be spoken in power and truth. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Maybe seated. Dun dun dun. dun. I think I could be a robot. Lou wouldn't care because he just like, he's got one thing in mind. That picture needs to come up, right? 20 years from now, we're never going to change that picture. Not that picture. As soon as they, you know. So. All right, so this week we're going to start a series on Jonah. Can you guys hear me? Can, can I hear me? I can't hear. Can you hear me? As long as you guys can hear I, I might be hearing things in my head. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> So, okay, good. We're good? Thanks, Brian Renner. Uh, so, this week we're starting... Did, wait, I'm going to ask a question. Did anybody do their homework? Nice. Good job. Okay, for those of you who weren't here, don't have any idea, right? You're like, homework? I didn't go to school. I go to church. The challenge is for you to... Well, you all bought in, all you were here, right? All bought into this idea that God actually comes to speak to you when you come to church on Sunday, right? That's the goal, right? Did anybody? So let me ask that question. Anybody come for God to hear to hear God speak today? Yeah, at least at least yeah. Even if you didn't, just raise your hand. Pretend you know. <laughs> Makes me feel better, right? And so then, asked last week, I asked the question: Are you expecting God to speak next week? Right? Of course, everybody's like, yeah. And so I said, all right. If you want to hear God speak, you need to read. I challenge you to read Jonah 1. We're going to work our way through the four chapters of Jonah. There's not a lot of verses. I think this upcoming week is 11 or 10. or I don't know. It's not big. But the challenge is to take the time and energy to, to find Jonah. That may be the hardest part of this thing, right? It might be easier to Google Jonah than to find it in the Scriptures because it's not very big. And, uh, but I, the challenge is to read Jonah and ask yourself this question. What's fishy in the passage, right? As Mark said last week, pun intended, right? <laughs> so I'm going to ask, before we start, I'm going to ask what you heard. And also on your Connect card, it says, this is what I heard from God this week. I asked for a word, a, sta- uh, a line, not too much, because I, I have to remember. I have to remember to pass it through back through the speakers so that those who are listening in speaker land can hear that. Um, so what did you hear from God this week? And we'll see if it matches up at all. I don't, I don't know, it might not match at all with what I heard. So what'd you hear? Liz? Okay, don't justify disobedience. Un- okay, unconditional forgiveness, absolutely. Larry, what do you got? You can run, but you can't hide. Yeah, exactly, right? You can run, but you can't hide. Absolutely, right? Part of, part of the story that I really love, I think Jonah's got in his mind, though, if he pays enough money and he goes opposite of where God's, God will just forget about him and then uh, say, well, just get another prophet, no big deal, there are a dime a dozen. <laughs> what else did you hear? Rachel? God's will wins. Ah. Anything else? Ron? Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to... Amen. Yes. Absolutely. That's where we end today. But yes, absolutely. That's good. Yes, we are going there. Yes, absolutely. Because, because I, I it, no, it, it's okay. I don't care that you stole my thunder because I'm going to say it again, right? But absolutely, that God provided, right? And that's not how we see the story most often. I, God provided. 
Glenn, what'd you hear? Yeah. <laughs> Someone here is the problem. This is why we're going to die, right? We're going to cast lots. Donnie? The wrong direction. Speaks volumes, doesn't it? 2,500 miles, the wrong direction. Anybody else had a chance to run the wrong direction? What's that? Oh, God the, loved their enemies. Mm, God, yeah, God loved their enemies. We're going to talk about that because there's some crazy stuff in the midst of that. Throw me in, throw, throw me in. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chuck me overboard, right? I, I know I'm the problem, so just chuck me overboard. Afterwards, because they realized that the sea's calm. Pat? <laughs> Amen. When God speaks, you better listen. There was another hand somewhere. Kelly? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to be careful we don't tie a storm to what's going on, right? Because uh, we were spared here. I don't know what. <laughs> so we're be, we we got to be careful we don't tie that up, Brian. They already, yeah. That's a bit fishy, huh? Why would they ask him if they already knew? Ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe they were just checking. Our par- don't our parents do the same thing, Brian? We already know we're guilty, and they ask us a question like we don't know the guilt- that we're guilty. Right? We get- they, give us a- they give us a chance to come clean, even though they know we're not clean. Anyone else? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. The unbeliever, unbelievers on the boat acted better than the believer on the boat, it, which, which is interesting. Uh, they, what they saw as an example, they realized that this God was real, right? So there, we just preached a sermon. Good job. Let's pray and go home. No. <laughs> now that wouldn't be any fun for me, right? <laughs> so I want to share a few things about Jonah. Jonah was a minor prophet. That means he's a little bit further into the Old Testament. Minor because his message wasn't really big and long. Not minor because he is less important or that his message had less to say about uh, God's love. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about being like less, but he, his message was a lot shorter. So he's in this group of minor prophets. So there's like the major prophets and then the minor prophets. And it can be challenging to find Jonah in, the, in your Bible, and I know that's a challenge. Um, Jonah means dove, peace, right? When we think about a dove, we think about peace. Uh, coincidence? Yeah, probably not. Probably Jonah's, uh, and back then, names meant a whole lot more than they do today. Do you know anything about Nineveh? Does anybody know anything about Nineveh? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Now, only in Veggie Tales did they do that. Yeah, it's regarded by other prophets as a city of violence. A city of violence, capital of Assyria. Bit, very big, very very big place. Anybody know the the uh, 
what happened in Nineveh. Um, not what happened in Nineveh, what type of city it was. Sinful city, thank you, Brian, exactly. There was a lot going on in Nineveh. We might call it Sin City. We could, right? I don't know. We'll be careful with that today. I know a couple of people that are in Sin City as we speak. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that alone. <laughs> the city itself was a pretty rough place. The other thing you need to know about Nineveh is this. They were dead set against the Israelites. Historically, the Ninevites had trashed the Israelites. They were constantly a thorn in their side, constantly working on them, constantly poking. And so when Jonah got this word, that he was... Oh, does anybody know where it is today? Do you, does anybody know where it might be today? Iraq. It's actually it's, it's right in that area of Iraq. Coincidence? Probably not. But, uh, and, and if you know historically what happens about 20 years after this happens, does anybody know what happens about 20 years after this? What's that? It, right, it, right. In Nahum, it talks about the Ninevites. Um, there's, a, there's this little chunk of time for God, these people, the Ninevites, to repent. And that group repented, but they didn't, weren't there very long. They quickly, within 20 years, were after them again. So it wasn't like this big change that changed them forever, but there was a short window of time. So I don't know about you, but that's a challenge uh, for me to understand. Uh, I guess I can understand a little bit about what Jonah was going through as he's running through his mind when God speaks to him and says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And uh, they've come to mind that there's a problem there, and I want you to go there, and I want you to preach to them. And of course, we know the story, right? Jonah's like, eh, buying me a ticket the other way. I got to ask you, have you ever run, uh, ran from God? Or maybe slid nice and easy away from what God's plan was? See, because I don't think a lot, a lot of times, I don't think, a lot of times we, we want to say we haven't heard from God. And I, I believe that's probably not the truth. Um, what, we, what we have heard is what we heard from God, we don't absolutely love, right? We're not sure that that was God, and, and if we don't really want to do that, or we're not sure that that's in our best interest, or it's going to Nineveh, we're just like, I don't think that was God, right? And so we just kind of slide out of the way. And, and we actually do believe, I believe in our Christian faith a lot of times, we actually do believe that we can somehow slink away from God, that he'll forget us, and that he'll just move on to someone else. And this is a great example of that, right? Jonah's like, eh, I just think I'll go the other way. And I bet God will just pick up another prophet, and he'll send him, and it'll be all good, and I'll just get on this boat and go, right? Didn't have an airplane to get on, so he had to, the best thing he could do was get a boat. And yet, we, we realize from this passage that, um, that Jonah's heart couldn't get away from God. Jonah's heart couldn't get beyond God's uh, sight and understanding. Because it says in verse 3, Jonah ran away from the Lord. He had one thing in mind. I'm going to go as far in the opposite direction as I can. 
and hope that he forgets about me. So I want to share a few things that I found in this Jonah passage that remind me, maybe not, there you go, that our heart is never too far from God. We cannot get on a boat and get away from God. We cannot ignore our way through this life. And I guarantee you that I know, and you know people, and I have been guilty of ignoring God, hoping that He will just not keep moving in my life. That he will just, He'll just get tired of me ignoring Him, right? Just get tired of me. Because I don't want to do those things, God. I'm, I'm scared to do that. I don't want to move in that direction. I'm afraid what might happen. And a lot of times... I don't know what will happen. So I don't know how it's going to turn out, right? And, and we're really good at being control people and wanting to know the end. And we're really good that when we know that God has a plan and we can see the end and we, can, we got it all figured out, then we're really good at following Him, right? It's the challenging moments when you're stepping out on that edge, right? And we just, so we just experienced this about a, a week ago, a week and a half ago. Um, this is the Soul City Soul Sky Tower. Um, this tower is 124 flights, uh, 124 stories high, 555 meters plus, which is about a third of a mile. I don't like heights. Not even a little bit. My wife doesn't like heights. Not even a little bit. She's not even here to defend herself. This thing is a third of a mile high. Airplanes came flying in under us. We saw the, the uh, we could see, the ref, not the reflection, the, uh, the sun was beaten down and we could see, it looked like a bird flying underneath the thing. A third of a mile high. It's insanely high. And they have, of course, what every, other, what every tower has, this nice open area where you can smell the fresh air and, <laughs> and you, can feel the, you can feel the thing moving, right? And you can see, and this is, this is a view of what it looks like. You can see forever. Do you see at the bottom there? That's a glass floor. It was all I could do, no lie. I, I, am like, I got a picture, but it's not this nice because, yeah. I got a picture of my phone. I got my phone, like, and I'm like, <laughs> My wife, she's a brave soul. She hates heights, too. What does she do? She gets herself... She, lay, she sits on this thing, and I didn't have the picture of that. She has it. I didn't she sits on this thing and gets a picture taken, like sitting on that glass. And I'm telling you, it's 100 and, well, I don't know, that one might be like 120 flights down. Talk about fear of, and I, and I said, are you crazy, woman? Because I, I just can't get there. I'm like, I'm like, mm. Do they let you walk on it? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can walk on it. Oh, it's not great, Kenny. And some people, I bet there are some people who are just like, can't hardly look at that picture, let alone experiencing that picture, right? That's rough. And I said to my wife, what were you doing? Weren't you afraid? She said, I was terrified. But she said, I was not going to let that fear, because she knew, she said, I know I'm not going to fall through. I'm not going to let that fear win. And so she got herself out there and, and, and even smiled and got a picture <laughs> A picture on top of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
And she chose not to let fear win the day. And I wonder how often we choose to not let fear win the day. That when God calls us to something, there's always a reason behind it, is there not? He calls us to something to help us work through something, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to help others along the way. And as soon as it gets dicey, what do we do? We pull back. We're not sure that's what we want to do. We're not sure if we get into that mess how we'll get out. We don't have the end game figured out. And so what do we do? We do what Jonah does. We're like, eh, nah, thank you. I'm going that way. And in our faith, we do this constantly. I think sometimes we do the one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one step back, right? Because we think, okay, I'm going to let, ooh, that's dicey. I'm not going to do that. And we forget that God has already provided a way out. This scripture comes out of 1 Corinthians. It says he will provide us a way out so that we can, it says at the bottom, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear, to bear it. There are those moments in our life that we think we're too far from God. I, I can't help but and think about those people who say, I would definitely come to your church, but as soon as I walked in the door, what do they say? The, the church will somehow fall down on me because I've... They think they're so far from God that he can't forgive them. Right? They, don't, they recognize they got issues. They just think that it's so bad that those issues can't be fixed by our powerful and mighty God. The second thing he, that uh, Jonah does is that he, he believes that he can be forgotten by God, right? What's he do? He goes, to the, he goes to the bottom of the ship, below deck, where he falls asleep, and he falls into a deep sleep. Do you wonder if maybe he thought, well, I'm just going to go in there, and if I die, I die, or maybe he got in there, and he said, I'm going to take a deep breath, because there's wood around me, and I can just hide from God, right? And God will forget about me. He's there sleeping, when the storm comes up, he thinks that God has forgotten about him. Now there's a, the song, I don't know if you heard the song at the beginning, the countdown timer. Uh, it's, a, it's a favorite, one of my favorite songs. It's the, the song uh, lyrics say, he is jealous for me. And I think sometimes we forget that God is still wants us no matter what we've done in life. He is jealous for us. He is jealous for a relationship with us. And I think uh, Crowder does a great job of making this visual picture. And for those who had uh, trees knocked down, it really fits, right? His love is like a hurricane, and I am a tree bending beneath. I think sometimes we forget that our God is that powerful that he didn't forget about us. See, I think sometimes in our life, we've been forgotten by, by others. Some relationships we've been forgotten about. Sometimes in our life, we've learned this at a very young age, that we're not that important to people, or that we haven't done it right, and, and if you only do this, you can be remembered, and if you don't, you won't. 
And that's what happens to Jonah, right? He's going to go the other way. I'm going to go hide in the bottom. I'm going to stay away and God will forget about me. He promises that we are not forgotten. I want to, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to do a Bible drill. Anybody ever done a Bible drill before in their life? You all have a Bible in front of you. Sword. sword drill. Thank you, Ken. I couldn't remember. I did it when I was a kid. It's been a long time. I was going to just put it up there, but I thought this would be a little more interactive if you're sleeping. Now you're awake. Um, elbow the ne- person next to you. We're going to see if we can find. I want someone to find Deuteronomy 31.6. And I want you to find this because I want you, one, to, to dig into the Scriptures a bit. And two, to get a sense of uh, how God doesn't forget us. Yeah. It's on page, what was the page, Ron? 281. 247, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, oh. I knew it was in there somewhere. Deuteronomy 31.6. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, if, if you're in the back, you're in the wrong spot, just saying. <laughs> you should be in about the first uh, eighth. Deuteronomy 31.6. Let me read it for you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never forget you. He didn't forget Jonah, and he'll never forget you. Put your little marker thing in there. Put your bulletin in there. It's a good passage to remember. And finally, your heart is never unprotected. Just like Ron was talking about It says, the Lord provided a fish. Have you thought about, uh, it says, the Lord provided a fish for Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Does anybody have a problem with this idea? Does anybody at this point begin to shift to like, "Eh, maybe this is just a nice story? Right? Anybody have trouble with that? I knew you wouldn't because it's church, right? We wouldn't have a problem with a scripture. I need to let you know that uh, just a couple months ago, and you can barely see, there's a guy in there. Uh, there was, they were swimming off the uh, reef in uh, Africa when this guy got, uh, was, they were in the water taking pictures, and the whale come through eating uh, sardines is what he was eating. And the guy got too close, and he just like scooped them right up. No, he didn't eat them. He closed the... It, Closed on him, he went to tear him down, and then he released him. Yeah, talk about a crazy... This happened about six months ago. Yeah, talk about a crazy ride, huh? Yeah, he spit, yeah, spit him up. And, yeah, and somehow he ended up in Iraq. No. <laughs> Just, that's not true. He spit him right out. <laughs> Guy's name was uh, Rainer Shrimp. I, I just can't hardly believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You need to, you need to know this. Um, the scripture does not say whale. That's a different word. Uh, it does say big fish. So maybe it was a big mackerel. I don't know. Uh, whatever it was. 
It says that God provided this huge fish. Think about that for a minute. God provided a huge fish. We think, when, when I thought, think of Jonah, I think, well, Jonah messed up, and God's going to show him, so what's he going to do? He's going to let him get eaten by a fish. And yet, it was the opposite. Just like Ron said, God provided the fish to protect Jonah. This is not a place where there's a coast guard, right? Or there's a ton of boats. Do you realize the, 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 the story says they paddled. They paddled as hard as they could. They didn't have motorboats to go running around to pick Jonah out of the water. God provided a, a fish to protect Jonah for three days. There's a lot of, there's a lot of scientific uh, thoughts behind that. How could Jonah live in the, could it, could it really happen? Could Jonah really live in the stomach acid? Could Jonah, would he not be blind? Um, there are even some commentaries that say that the stomach acid would have made him bleached his skin. So when he went to Nineveh, he would have glowed. I, I wasn't there, you know. I don't, it's kind of a crazy idea. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I read it and I was like, yeah, that's a stretch. But, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. I bet he smelled bad. Yeah, absolutely. I bet he smelled like fish, right? <laughs> the scriptures, and, and we didn't even get to the part where he gets out. We just got him in there, <laughs> right? But it reminded me that God continues to protect us. Even in those moments when we're turned our back and we've walked away and we've decided that we're not going to do uh, what he has called us to, he continues to protect us. And this picture reminds me of that. Uh, when it talks about being the good shepherd. And I, I can't help but think of the 99, right? He leaves the 99 to gather up the one. And that's our God. He leaves the 99 so that we can be protected. And so I'll, I'll remind you this morning that we can never be too far from God. No way can we get far enough away from him that he no longer knows where we're at. I think of Adam and Eve, right? <laughs> what did they do? As soon as they sinned, what did they do? They ran and hid, right? What does Jonah do? He goes and runs and hides. And yet God is there, and you can't get too far from God. No matter what you have done, you're not too far from God. And you're not forgotten. He remembers his people and he protects those people. This morning I just want to leave you with this idea because I want to leave you with this idea that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have that opportunity. Jonah knew full well and went the wrong way. And we, have done, and we all have done that in times of our life. But you can change that this morning. You don't have to leave here uh, the same as you came. See, because I think you came seeking something, right? You came seeking something. You didn't come to throw a dollar in the, in the thing to feel better. You didn't come to waste an hour on those most comfortable pews. You came to find Jesus. You came to experience God in some kind of way. And I want to encourage you that if you experienced him today and you recognize that you have a need for him in your life, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Let's pray. 
Lord God, we come to you this morning because we know we are so much like Jonah. We walk this road, we walk this life, we understand, Lord, uh, we think we can run away and that you'll forget about us. We think that, Lord, we can do those things and you'll just uh, forget we even exist. And yet your love is so much bigger than that. You use that example of leaving the 99 to find the one. Lord, I pray for that one that feels lost here this morning. That one who feels like they don't know where to turn next. They don't know where to stand up. Lord, you have brought them here today for a reason. Not to warm a pew or just to see a friend or talk to a neighbor. You brought them here because you want them to experience your love. You want them to begin a relationship that will change their life. And so, Lord, I pray for them even at this moment that you would open their heart and give them boldness, that you would challenge them, Lord, where they're at to begin to make those changes to, to Lord, to allow you into their life. And, Lord, the rest of us, it says, heaven cheers for another believer. And, Lord, we'll cheer as a church as well. In your name we pray. Amen.